Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Hacker Tribe, where we talk with founders hacking their way around the world's problems. Uh, I'm Daniel, your host. And today with us, we have Evan. Evan, how are you doing? Good. How's it going? Thanks for uh, having me on. <laughs> doing great. Uh, Evan, thank you for coming on. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself, uh, what you're building, and kind of like what, are, what you have going on right now? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, my name is Evan. Uh, I am, uh, from or living in the Bay area right now. I lived all over California. Uh, and right now, uh, me and a small team are building out a company called product signals. And so what product signals does is we're basic, we're basically a, um, a collaboration tool for product and customer facing teams, um, to collaborate on customer feedback, customer requests, help them, uh, quantify it and drive better product decisions. Um, and we primarily focus uh, in, you know, high-touch B2B software. Nice. Um, why do you choose high-touch B2B software? Like, what drove you to that? Yeah, um, th that's a great question. So we noticed that in higher-touch environments, uh, when you have a larger range of uh, ACV um, and typically smaller customers, it's harder to make... Uh, product decisions because um, there's a lot more context that drives it. So for example, uh, you'll have a customer that's maybe paying you 10 or $12,000 a year and another one paying you $400,000 a year. And um, those feedback, uh, the feedback from those customers tend to come in at very different volumes to very different people. And so uh, when you have, you know, let's just say on the flip side, a consumer business with a million, uh, a million users paying you, you know, anywhere from 10 to $15 a month, it's a lot easier to sort of normalize the data that's coming in, put analytics into your software, and um, you, you sort of have uh, basically an even, uh, an even data set to work with um, where there's less variance. So uh, I noticed in a couple of my previous roles that were, uh, you know, a little bit more higher touch, um, the feedback was great um, to get them from customers, but then we're missing that sort of context um, ACV. Uh, the customer and sort of like the context around that customer. And then, you know, what the relationship has been, uh, what we want it to be uh, moving forward and how they've been interacting with, you know, the sales team, um, support, engineering, and CSMs. Okay. Um, so what is, what is the differentiator here, right? Because this is a, this is a problem that many people have tackled over and over again, and no one ever seems to get it quite right. You have... Uh, old players like Trello, right? But you can go this, you can take this from anywhere down the stack, right? What, um, what is your take on this, right? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and, and something we certainly uh, we certainly identified early on, and we just kind of didn't didn't really know it or was able to verbalize it until you know recently. But uh, essentially, essentially we you can break out product requests or feedback into sort of like four main groups. There is, you know, we're going to build this now. Uh, we're going to build this later. We're not going to build this now, or we're never going to build this. Right. And I think a lot of tools, um, you know, they, uh, they focus and rightfully so, but they focus on the happy path. You know, we're, we're either going to build this um, or, you know, like we're never going to build this and um, the, we're going to build it later or not now. 
uh, we found typically comprises of 90% of the requests that get, um, that get input into any system. And which kind of makes sense, right? Product teams can't build everything. So five to 10% gets built and those tools facilitate that process. And some do that very well. Uh, but then there's this 90% of requests that kind of gets stuck in this loop of, you know, customer success and sales saying like, hey, are we going to build this, you know, ever? Like, what's the status on this? And maintaining communication around that and then also being able to continually quantify and add context to where these sort of requests keep popping up uh, is where we found that's been lacking in the like general space today. Um. Then that just comes down, down to a lack of communication between the product team and then whichever other external team, right? Either sales, marketing, uh, PR, HR, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at least personally, what I, what I found whenever I work in teams, each team kind of tends to do their own thing. And sometimes other teams use their own, use their own individual tools for no reason they don't tell anyone about it. Um, and also product, product teams kind of have this, um, I will say almost like tendency or almost downright obsession to switching product tools every few other months. Yeah. yeah. They're saying it's like, oh, this is clearly not working. Let's switch to this. And then they say, this is clearly not working and then switch to this, right? And then that just, that just pretty much makes the problem collapse upon itself. Um, how how are you tackling that yeah that that that's a, a great thing to point out so uh if i were to bucket um basically the long story short is we don't try to do everything we try to do a couple of things very very well and so if i were to break out um sort of the product development life cycle into buckets so you have your you know like collecting the feedback in one and then you have planning and road mapping uh, is, is, is a second one and then executing, you know, it's tend to happen in like Jira per se, or whatever tool you use and then communicating that execution. Um, we focus specifically on, um, collaborating on aggregating those insights and then closing the feedback loop with internal teams. And so what we found is that a lot of tools, um, are, trying to do a broad stroke solution to, like you said, you know, all, all, all four of those buckets. And, um, and we tend, we found that uh, product teams, you know, every product team is different. Every product team is going to, you know, set up their system, their stack in their own way and trying to uh, be overly prescriptive in each one of those, just to have the entire system work um, we thought was just too much. And so our methodology is, hey, let's have one space for internal teams to be on the same page in terms of all the feedback that's coming in, make it super easy for them to start aggregating these insights and quantifying it. And then um, give pro ARM product teams, uh, you know, the ability to close the feedback loop with CSM, with sales, because um, we, we found that they're typically outnumbered and, uh, you know, uh, CS, CS and sales are, you know, asking uh, a lot of great questions um, about, product plans, but they, uh, they kind of come in at a high volume and um, are often repeating. So how do we save PM's time uh, in, in the process as well? Yeah. And not only how do you save PM's time, but also how do you save the other team's sanity? Because I feel that yeah. 
like other teams are constantly bombarding the product team, the PMs. It's like, hey, we need this, and we would like this on the cut. Oh, we like this, and then the PMs kind of just brush it off. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just put it on the list, right? Um, because against to some to some degree, PMs are, can be the gatekeepers to anything that comes on, unless another team really pushes for that, and then that becomes just an internal nightmare. Yeah. So then you guys, then what you want to do is just solve that instead of trying to do the pro stroke solution, like I don't know, Asana. Right. Uh, which, by the way, to anyone out there, I kind of hate Asana. <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. <laughs> um, the that ProStruct solution, it's yeah, they do a bunch of things great, but where they fail, they fail hard, and then just collapse on itself. And so then, what you're doing is, and clarify that is, take that very specific bucket of communication where product teams and all teams are failing and then connect and then connecting it right by taking a data driven approach like hey like this is out of the 90% of bulk requests that um that I know the sales teams is making out of the 90% 70% is asking for this pretty much this one specific feature yeah I, I, absolutely so uh yeah to Turn, turn up the volume on uh, on what you just said. Pretty much uh, spot on. We we think that you know aggregating um, aggregating insights is hard enough, and I think a lot a lot of tools uh, a lot of tools will plug in integrations with with Zendesk and Salesforce, and and then just all and intercom and flood product teams with. Um, some great data, but it forces product teams to have to sift through every single one and start categorizing it. And while they're already outnumbered, they're already bombarded with, you know, robot questions like they, the threshold to dismiss, start dismissing those tools um, as more of a deterrent rather than something that can be useful is a lot lower than people think because they've just been, you know, flooded with, with all of this data all of a sudden. Right. And so we focus on, you know, let's let let's have teams meet each other halfway. So product and customer facing teams um, or just internal teams in general, right? Let's have one central hub that becomes the source of truth um, for uh, product and, and these other teams uh, that's separate than engineer because the, the uh, source of truth of engineering and actually building the product in Jira often looks a little different. And so um, let's, let's, Let's double down on that. And then, you know, whatever tools you want to use for, uh, you know, maybe long-term planning uh, and, and, and in some respects, roadmapping. We do have, or we are building some roadmapping capabilities, which we're excited about, but the specific planning piece of it, you know, can be done elsewhere because, uh, you know, product teams operate, um, they, they want to be flexible in, you know, the different tools that they use, right? Uh, and then, yeah, being able to close the feedback loop. So once CSM, you know, once the CSM puts in a, a request from a customer, being able to uh, have the CSM easily get updates on that. Like, oh, I'm about to talk to the same customer that said this a month ago. Uh, product, do you have any updates on, on where we are with this? A lot of those conversations are happening like in Slack, in email, over Zoom calls. So how do you turn that process that would have been like a 30-minute dialogue uh, out of everyone's day into like a couple clicks. Okay. And so this has always been a very amazing problem across all product teams from 
why has no one really taken this approach before? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, I think it's it's part of it is uh, is timing. Um, two, well, okay, yeah, two things. One, one I think is like timing and culture uh, that has sort of historically been product teams, and then the the second one is, um, I think the circumstances in which we were in pre in previous roles sort of led us to this like unique uh, solution of viewpoint. So, so, so the first to address the first um, first piece of it, I think historically product teams have in software um, have been siloed off from, from a lot of other teams that they say, Hey, you know what, give me all the data and then we will go build uh, the, the, the next big thing. And then uh, you know, talk to GTM, talk to marketing, talk to, you know, support, Hey, this is what we're building and this is what's coming. Um, and I think more recently, you know, I'd say maybe in the past, you know, five, eight, 10 years, there's been this shift in, um, in, you know, a, a more collaborative approach, um, product led thinking, product led organizations, a lot more transparency, which allows for these internal teams to have a little more input and say like, Hey, you know what? Like this is really important. Um, you know, you sh- you, you might want to consider this, right? So I think a lot of a lot of uh, we're finding that a lot of companies that we're talking to right now are, um, you know, historically they hit, their product teams have been operating in silos um, because that's just sort of the way uh, you know history had sort of like lended itself to. And then um, they're saying, hey, you know, we want to have a more collaborative approach, uh, a more product-led approach across the organization, not just from product. Um, and so, so we're finding that there's this sort of like shift in culture. There's a shift in the way products are being built and the mechanisms in which data is getting um, sent to product within the internal teams altogether. Uh, so I think a large piece of the reason why... Um, it hasn't really been nailed down uh, in the way that a lot of teams would like to is because uh, we're just in this very early stage of um, a lot of these, uh, you know, shifts in organizational culture are beginning to be realized. Um, and then the, the second thing I would say is I think a lot of, uh, a lot of tools are coming from one side of the spectrum or the other and not from the center. And what I mean by that is, there, you know, you have your tools that are meant for product road mapping and product planning, and they're saying, "Oh, you know what? We need to get, we need to extend our arm out to customer success and sales. Let's build like a piece of our software that does that." And then on the flip side, you have customer success software or sales software that's like, "Hey, we need a, we need a way to funnel our our insights into product teams. Um, so let's build a piece of our software that does that." Um, but because they're not starting from the center. Uh, they're missing where, you know, where it could be most useful in other teams' workflows. Uh, and, so, and so if you have, uh, you know, somebody that's standing in the center and saying, here's everything that's coming from product, here's everything that's coming from the internal teams, what's the best way to deliver that to each other? Um, I think is another big reason why uh, it hasn't really been solved, um, you know, in the capacity that a lot of people want today. And... You did bring a really good point. It's also the change in culture, um, but it has also led to um, a really fragmented space, right? Yeah. 
uh, I think the product development space is very fragmented because of those constant shifts in culture, even inside of even inside the same company, two or three, two different product teams can feel like two completely different companies in terms of like how they develop and like how they drive their product. And they can even use different systems or they can use the same system in like widely different manners. Um, so I think, um, I think also it's because of that fragmentation, people tend to pick the one tool for them that fits them the best. So do you think that people prefer picking something really niche, even at the cost of others, rather than compromising for the sake of everyone else when it comes to like this, when it comes to this type of products for product development? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think the answer would uh, would vary depending on the stage of the company and the and the sort of how how high touch um, they they tend to be. I think I think there is um, so yeah. I, I would say the answer uh, to answer your question is I think it might depend on uh, the like the team size uh, or the company size and then. Um, you know, like the, the segment they're in, um, like what market segment they're in. But I think, I think overall there is a common denominator of, of, um, product teams or product managers wanting a place where, uh, they can put their ideas down. Um, all the things that they've heard or, you know, things that they've thought of themselves, put their ideas down in sort of this safe place that isn't going to be uh, you know, held as an expectation, right? Because because we've had we've had systems where, you know, you put ideas into Jira, and then there's this mismatched expectation of, okay, does that mean that like this is the first in first out system where like you're just going through these and building everything that comes in, um, like when, like what is the process in which I put this in Jira? Like like how do how do I know when it's done? And and um, product teams coming back and saying like that doesn't mean we're gonna do it. That just mean you know there's there's this like miscommunication and like misconception. So I think I think um, the other answer to your question is yes, there is like a, a a a place that I think PMs yearn to have where their ideas can be aggregated um, safely without uh, you know like any um, expectation on them being shipped. Uh, and I and and we found so far that like the the form in which that the form in which that would uh, happen is not tool agnostic. It just needs to be e- or it is tool agnostic. Uh, just, it just needs to be easy enough for for them to sort of say, "Hey, this is the idea. This is the solution. This is uh, you know what customers have said it, and um, this is what I think about it so far." Like just kind of like those four main components, um, super easy. Uh, and, and being able to track that in a way, um, we found has sort of been the common denominator amongst product teams. Uh, you mentioned something earlier about how it also depends on the stage of the company, what vertical there are. Um, so for you, what is your ideal customer size, your ideal vertical, right? You are high touch B2B SaaS, but can you get into a little more details? Like who is 
the perfect person to come in and be your customer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll, I'll break the, the answer down into two sections. So the, the first one is uh, we're relatively in the early innings, um, although we're really excited about uh, the progress that we've made and um, you know what we've done. So we have uh, been around for a little over a year now. And, uh, and we are building, we have a handful of, um, you know, paying pilot customers and those have typically been in the sort of like, um, post series a, or like, uh, you know, SMB startup, uh, uh, startup growth phase, um, because that's just kind of typically where the communication gaps begin to widen, you know, when you're, when you're scaling. Um, and so, Right now, um, a lot of our focus is, you know, getting companies any size really um, that has has some sort of high touch, uh, you know, software component that um, that sees the future in a collaborative approach with product and customer facing teams, and wants to sort of like help build that future with us. Um, so, like, ideal customer um, today is is where you know what we're looking for um continually growing our, our pilot customer base but you know one ones that really see the future in this sort of collaborative approach uh and and like you know how we're viewing a lot of the problems around um internal communication and, and feedback today and then ideally um you know like a couple years down down the line when, when we've built a lot more um a lot more of our uh, you know, product out and some of the other things that we've have, we have planned on our roadmap. Um, the ideal customer would be, uh, yeah, you know, like mid-market, uh, you know, B2B high-touch SaaS companies. So starting to, starting to swim a little more upstream and hopefully get, um, get a couple uh, bigger customers along the way. So your idea, um, so your idea is to go and start at these companies or start to experience growing pains and and before they even start to become mission critical, say, hey, here's a solution for you, for your growing pain and and you don't have to slow down any of your growth. Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, so how are you? You mentioned that you have pilots, paying pilots. Tell me about that. Uh, how paying pilots in a year tends to be a, kind of like a big deal for startups <laughs> and even more so. So what is your acquisition strategy what is your user acquisition strategy because it seems to be working yeah um it's 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 kind of been a, a mix of a lot of random things that we've been trying <laughs> try, trying and seeing what sticks and so um the main two things that have been working or th that we're doing so far is uh a lot of like linkedin linkedin for outreach but also um just posting a lot of content on linkedin um, there, there's a pretty, pretty big, uh, you know, customer success community on LinkedIn, uh, product teams as well. And so just starting to establish, uh, you know, our voice in the space, uh, has been super helpful as far as like credibility, credibility, um, like, Hey, we're serious about this problem and we want to solve it. Um, and then also, uh, cold, cold reach outs on, on LinkedIn, you know, adding people, getting conversations going. Uh, and then the, the second is, is, you know, cold email reaching out to, to people, um, and saying, hey, uh, product leaders, you know, I want I want your feedback on what we're building because uh, we we think that um, you know we we could value a lot from from your perspective, uh, which is like to totally true. We want to talk to as many product people, as many sales people, as many CSMs as we can, you know, customer success people as we can. And so uh, we sending a ton of emails out saying like, hey, you know, we'd love your feedback. And then if uh, 
the call's going well and you know, people are excited about what we're building and they kind of want to join us in the journey. We say, yeah, hey, uh, you know what? We do have like a pilot program like that interests you. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of how we've we've been going about it so far. Just um, putting our voice out there, asking for feedback. And then, you know, if people are excited about it. We, we kind of take it from there. Um, so it has only been one year since you guys started. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the team? Yeah, like, absolutely. Help us. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Um, yeah, so we uh, we started yeah around, around a year ago, and uh, it's the, the team size right now is just uh, me and a former uh, former um, colleague that or a, a colleague that we uh, we also worked at a previous startup um, together before. So that was super helpful in terms of hitting the ground running. We already had a great working relationship. And uh, we have very complementary skill sets. And so, um, yeah, we just, uh, around a year ago, I approached him with the idea and he was like, it's cool, I'm in. And then um, we started to essentially talk to more people um, and talk to more people and build and iterate, got a prototype out uh, in a couple of months after that, and then started working on on V1 and then finished V1 plus, you know, our first, uh, our first half of our Salesforce integration uh, you know, in the beginning of 2021 and, um, yeah, just, it just been sort of doing that, doing that the whole year, really just talking to people and building. So you guys have been flying through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, it, it, like it, it, it helps, uh, a lot that, um, we've worked together in the past, uh, but then also, um, yeah, we, I think, I think because of that, you know, there's what we, we like to just kind of lock ourselves in a room and, and, and uh, work and build. And so uh, that's, uh, that's kind of have like pe- people like slide pizza under the door and then, we, you know, just uh, nice. working and building, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun. Awesome. And what do you guys, um, what are you guys the most excited about the next couple of months? Uh, what is it that you guys are looking forward? Uh, what, guys, what has got you excited for the near future? Yeah. Um, we are excited to build out. So yeah, a, a couple things. Um, mainly, we feel like we're really starting to grab a toehold on you know some of the ways we're, we're different, um, and we're really excited to build towards that. Uh, and so, more concretely, we have this idea around dynamic roadmaps. Um, so it's like, how do you how do you have an internal facing roadmap? that constantly or automatically changes based upon, uh, you know, some of these updates that product is giving without them having to go in and move, you know, things in like a Gantt chart per se. Right. And so um, stuff like that, now now that we've built the foundation and really starting to see some usage and, um, and see what gets customers excited, we now sort of have like the data and the tools um, to, to sort of execute, execute on those and, and we feel that they're sort of like unique uh, and, and exciting in that way. And so, yeah, we're really excited to build out. I think there's probably like three or four features that uh, we've identified um, that really get people excited when we talk to them about it. Uh, and so that's, uh, that, that's pretty much it. And then, you know, yeah, we've been, we've been um, toying with the idea of a raise. Uh, and so that's, that's exciting as well. Um, just having more conversations around, around that front. 
Um, and then being meeting, you know, for the past month, we've been meeting with a lot of uh, more strategic partners who, you know, are able to um, help on the, you know, distribution end of it. And so once, once we feel we've gotten a really good grasp on, on product market fit and where we can sort of like take this, or, you know, at least like a vision towards like a really strong product market fit, um, we're, we're excited to, to, to sort of like push, push on the gas pedal a little more, if you will. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. We're really excited about, um, a, a lot of things that we want to build in, in probably the next like three to six months. <laughs> As of how you said, just press on, the, press on the gas pedal a little bit more. You guys are already <laughs> flying. Uh, and so how are you guys, how can we keep up with you guys and what are you guys building? Uh, got a website, a Twitter. Oh, we will all love to hear more and keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would love to, you know, connect and uh, connect with anybody and uh, anybody at all um, that, you know, that's interested in this. So uh, our website is productsignals.com. Um, there's like a little, you know, like get notified or stay updated call to action. Um, that's like the, the best way because we send out, you know, weekly, uh, weekly updates to, to everybody on that um, about what we're building, um, what's, you know, what we're shipping and, and like a bunch of other things. Like sometimes we'll do these kind of talks with, uh, product or CS people, leaders in the space. Um, so we, you know, we post, uh, that kind of content regularly. And then, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, uh, like pretty active these days on LinkedIn a lot more than I was in the past. And so, uh, Evan, you can find me just Evan Leong. I think if you just type in like Evan Leong product signals, I'll probably pop up. Um, and yeah, love to love to connect. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. Uh, it was great having you in here. And for everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this was Evan Leon from Product Signals. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And most of all, thank you, Evan, for coming in with us. Likewise. Th thanks for having me on. This has been uh, really fun. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, this is it. And I'll catch everyone on the next one.